So today on the Good Business is the Best Art podcast, I talk to Vince from Road Creative about forgetting digital. So today I'm joined by Vince from Rhodes Creative. Vince describes himself as a Norwegian graphic designer educated in England and has a career spanning 23 years. Vince's background mainly focuses on around publishing and trade businesses, local authorities, local businesses, as well as UK and Norwegian tourism projects. So before we started the uh, podcast today, I gave Vince a list of topics to go through to talk about and Vince chose Forget Digital. So Vince, do you want to introduce yourself and sort of explain why you chose the topic Forget Digital for this podcast? Yeah, so thanks Dean for inviting me. Yeah, I chose um, Forget Digital basically because of my, uh, my origins uh, back in Norway when I grew up surrounded by a newspaper. Back in those days, it was all metal type setting and yeah. it was all, all very much hands-on, noisy, dirty environment and... Uh, was was totally different to what it is now. So obviously print was print was the one and only medium in that sense. Digital has come in much, much later. Do you have much hands on experience then in terms of the, the traditional yeah, no, well I did um spend a lot of time around the newspaper obviously and uh did my work experience there and stuff like that. So I was with journalists and typesetters and and photographers and so on and going out on there, whereas trips they had to do to cover stories. And um, when they launched a magazine, I thought, wow, that's, that's a really nice, uh, nice thing to be involved in. I sort of like the idea of the pictures on the, on the page with the text, supporting text and that sort of thing. So that's, that's what got me onto it, really. And then um, I had the opportunity to uh, come over to Watford to study design for printers, was called then. Yep. And still learning on metal typesetting and stuff like that. So we're casting off type and bits and pieces like that we don't do anymore. You know, it's kind of... Uh, kind of disappeared out of the window with uh, with with computer technology but um uh, you know that was that was my beginning and it was all all about very much glue and paper and cutting out things and and making up things by hand if you wanted to illustrate anything or do any visuals type of thing mock-ups and all that sort of stuff so, so your, so, your formal education so, then was that purely in a traditional sense then have you ever had any formal education with digital work or no. You're mainly self-taught in the digital. Yeah, digital is purely self-taught, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I did early on a little bit of a course and when I uh, first started doing web design, but that, that was so much coding and in, that, in the early stages, it wasn't really what we, what we experience today. So all the, the digital started when I was uh, like a studio manager for typesetters uh, in Huddersfield and they uh, introduced, you know, the, the, a Mac Studio and that was the first beginnings of it, really. And then as business changed and I left that business, bought my first Mac and set myself up, it was kind of, God, what have I done? <laughs> a lot of money and um, just bought the software, Quark Express and freehand and things like that. And just, just had to learn on the, on the fly, really. So it was a, quite a steep learning curve in some ways. But it was, um, at the same time, a way that made it possible much more easily to work like from home, like I'm now, or in a studio, you know, everything is on your computer rather than having to have drawing board and paste up and spray booths and yeah. all kinds of kits flying around, you know. So it's, uh, it's an easier way, really, you know, today, the way, the way it is and so on. So, so yeah. was, there, was, there like a, was there a light bulb moment then when you 
when you say you have that big apprehension about buying the first first Mac, spend a lot of money on it, but then yeah, maybe I mean, like I would, a week I or think... a month or something, and you thought, crap, how how have I not done this, you know, before without all this technology? Yeah, in a, in a sense, it was. I mean, when I started, I was studio manager at that design or um, typesetting company in Huddersfield, and um, and I thought I pushed for the Apple Macs then, but they were still on traditional typesetting tools. I mean, computer typesetting by then, but it was still kind of working from people's specifications and and drawn layouts and stuff like that. But so I pushed for the, the Mac world because it's it's showed that you know you can actually design on screen you can actually do things on the screen which yeah. i thought this is this is the perfect way forward you know and when they installed it all it is it you know started learning and then i thought right when i starting on my own this is this is the way to way to go forward there's no point going back to a, a drawing board again you know just gonna, gonna get dive straight in and get get a mac you know and sort of set up in my back bedroom kind of thing and uh, hmm. That was it. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was, it was exciting and frightening at the same time. You know, sort of, I'm not sure what I'm doing here, but you know, at the same time, it was. Uh, I felt this was definitely the way forward in terms of design layout and and, all, and the freedom of it. You know, I had, you know, with the with freehand, I had all the all the tools to hand with drawing and graphs and things that I needed for publications and so on. So it was. It just gave me a, a lot of options. And back then, it was doing uh, buying pictures on uh, CDs and so on. So we bought in picture libraries to use. And, you know, oh, I remember, <laughs> yeah, clip out, clip out CD. yeah. So it was a bit different to what we what we're doing now. But uh, you know, you to sort of buy buy stock stock photography that way. So that that made visualizing a lot easier, even if you didn't use those pictures in the end, because you maybe. Employed a photographer or whatever to do the actual pictures. It, it just made visualizing a lot easier, so you could actually make the client see what the final final product would be. So, yeah, yeah. There are loads and loads of advantages in that respect. Especially around publishing as well, I suppose, where it, the speed is important. You know, you know, you don't have to have everything to that deadline of the, yeah. the traditional methods. You know, you can run a lot later than what you probably could do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that that's a uh, double-edged sword in a way because you, you tended to always be you there at the end of the line before it goes to print and the editor would write till the very end and say oh we want to ditch the article and put another one in because something has happened so put a lot of pressure on you in, in, a, in a way as well but but I mean as with publishing as as we got the online picture libraries I mean that that was a fantastic new tool in a sense because we had access to loads of different sources then so you could get sports pictures or you could get science pictures and so on. And, and it was there straight away, even though in the early days you paid quite a lot of money for some of those. But at least it was available. So you could very quickly turn something around and get, get something down on the page and, and illustrate it with whatever it was necessary. So the turnaround tended to be very quick. I mean, I, one of the magazines I did, it was like, I can't remember how many pages, but say we did a 36-page magazine or whatever. You had it a week to turn it around, basically. Yeah, you know, so that that was kind of having to do everything, and they supply kind would supply some some material, usually crap digital in those mm. days, uh, low resolution stuff that you couldn't use in print. So we had to sort of search for other things, and you know, it was as digital cameras and so on became a lot better. The supply that came in was more reliable, so you could actually use it to a yep. degree, yep. even though photos as photos were 
were shit. <laughs> At least the resolution was so that you could use it, you know. So, it, I all think this it's, I think we're still downstairs, well, though, don't we? We still get clients sending through things that have shot off a, a 10 year old iPhone yeah. or whatever and expect it to, to look brilliant, but it, yeah. it never happens that way, does it? No, 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 no. They, they always say it looks fine here on screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, it looks fine. It looks fine on my phone in my hand. From yeah, yeah. But, so yeah. You blow that, that up to a poster or something like that. I mean, I know people have done product shots without naming names and thinking they would work out all right. So, well, we're going to do that on an A1 poster. You know, it's not going to work. You know, why not? <laughs> so you have to explain. <laughs> but even then, you have to go back to your your traditional non-digital ways of explaining things as well in terms of sort of DPI and, and all these exactly. things. They're still very, very relevant, aren't they? Even though everything yeah. created yeah. digital, there's still that, that non-digital output for a hell of a lot of your work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, it's, I use a lot, I go back to what I, what I knew early on a lot of the time in terms of how I approach a job. So all those sort of quality issues and things that you get, get, at times because of the the way clients send you material um you go back to back to what i knew back then and sort of thing well that that quality of that image or that whatever you're sending me could be a a a graphic or something like that they're sending yeah and they think it's it's all right and it isn't all right because it's it just isn't the quality isn't there i think Uh, every creative that's ever uh, taken on a job has probably experienced this sort of thing at some time or another yeah it's not exactly the client not necessarily the client's fault it's just that no, lack of understanding, isn't it? That lack of that lack of expertise. Yeah. yeah, they don't have you know they don't have the, the professional knowledge and, and nor should nor should they have really. But they have to trust what you say, you know. And, and you, you sometimes you have to recreate stuff, and they're thinking that that should be totally unnecessary. But I know it, I know it is. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe that's half the problem as well with digital being so easily accessible that yeah maybe maybe the value of it isn't perceived as well as it should be with a, with a lot of people. If, yes. they see, if they see the kids or something playing around with Photoshop or, I know my, my uh, six-year-old, she loves a program called Tux Paint. All right, it's, yeah. basically, it's basically Microsoft Paint, but yeah. a bit better. It's got stamps and all that sort of thing on. <laughs> yeah. But you can yeah. see how just even accessible it is to a, to a five and six-year-old and how yeah, they enjoy yeah. sort of playing with digital content. Yeah. So if no. you're a 20 or 30-year-old, then. Yeah, you can, you can quickly get, you know, I mean, you can quickly get a result. That's the thing today, you know, in, with, with technology. So, and a lot of templates and things out there that you can use. So, so it is easy for anybody to produce something. Yeah. Um, and that, that's been since what was called desktop publishing came along. That was a real battle to sort of get across to people that, oh, we're, not, we're going to do ourselves now, are you really? Yeah. <laughs> and then they turn out some absolute rubbish. And then they don't. It all looks the same it. as well, doesn't it? The, yeah. You, know, you can yeah. tell when yeah. these templates have been used time and time again. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the wrong font always, you know. Yeah. It's kind of a typical thing that people do, you know. They say, oh, that looks nice, but it's totally inappropriate. You can't read it properly. And it's on the background that makes it even more illegible. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that is, and it is, is a little bit frustrating as it designer at times because you you advise people and say well this is going to look right and they and they think oh change this and change that and they want to have be involved in the design process and they actually haven't got a background to be that but because it's it's kind of a subjective thing yeah everybody suddenly becomes a designer you know when you're doing stuff like that so it's it's hard it's kind of i think it's kind of hard for clients to let go completely yeah sometimes if that if that does happen then amazing results can happen is when yeah. there's 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's that trusting, um, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, so, sometimes a, a client is used to deciding their own things and they have, obviously they have tastes and, and dislikes on how things look and they, they take it into the, the, the design uh, and the de- design discussion. Of course. Um, you know, so that, you know, it's a, it's a constant battle really. Uh, but so other clients are dead easy and they, they kind of, yeah, you, you're the professional, you know what, you know what would work and what won't work so i'll go with what you you say and if it goes wrong then <laughs> they can give you a bollocking afterwards you know but very true very true yeah. <laughs> so would you say then at the moment do you use any traditional methods in like the creation of your work do you, do you still get the pen and pencils out and i do get a pen out definitely i do do sketch out particularly if it's like brochure work or magazine work or something a little bit more involved where i want to get a feel of how something is going to work out um i will so say, you know, say that's kind of more of the start of the project then in terms of the concepts and just getting yeah. ideas out of your head onto yeah, it, uh, yeah. And, and which way can i go with it and then um so and i often write down a lot of pointers as well so i sort of look at what you know look at the audience and look at what the product is and how is how is it going to fit in and, and so I, I write down quite a few notes and try and look at i mean drawing on on the internet you look at competition what they're doing maybe and so on but but in terms of the traditional skills is about drawing things down uh sketching it out seeing how a brochure might work how will that the, the content i've been given how will that work over a 12 page or will it just make a six page or you know to fold or will it be eight 12 whatever um because sometimes so, you get a specification from a client and say, oh, I want a 16-page brochure, and you look at it, and it's not actually 16 pages there. How yeah. do you fill that? Does it work? So then it's easy to sketch out, okay, I've got that bit of content, I could put a picture in there, whatever. And it's just, just a natural thing for me to do on, on, a, on a piece of paper rather than on screen, that, that initial thought process, you know. But then, obviously, as you go on, you take that and you put it on screen and start filling in with... with actually copy have been supplied and images you can you know bob in just for for visual purposes so you i very quickly go on to screen really uh it's just the initial stuff and if i'm writing anything ironically uh, instead of writing straight away on on a for a report or whatever i tend to make loads of notes and write write little chapters and then i go and write it on the screen and then edit it on screen you know because then you can sort of change it much more easily but my initial thinking is easier done through pen and paper than it is you know right. and, and copy wise you know See, so. I'm, I'm completely the other way around i prefer yeah. to just type straight to a screen and yeah yeah and, and yeah. rearrange the text and edit and, and do yeah. things like that just, yeah yeah i just find it so much more comfortable and so much more easier to do things like that yeah well, it's, 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 the, it's the age difference, isn't it? You're, you're more used to going straight onto, onto a computer whilst I was brought out with pen and paper. There wasn't any other choice. So that's, that's a natural medium for me. And it's, yeah, and I bet your handwriting is a hell of a lot tidier than what mine is as well. <laughs> Don't know about that. But <laughs> people say, oh, it looks really good, but I can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the artist side of you going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, it's, it's, I mean, uh, you know, it was one of those things where you quickly adapt to, um, to working with a computer because you've got all your tools there and it, it, it's quick and it's not messy and you don't need loads of space to, 
to dry out things and spray things and you know I mean back in the day you know we were spraying things with spray mount and we we're just yeah you know we were stuck to the floor virtually sometimes you know because we've just been you know putting up displays and what have you and it was ridiculous really it can't, it's not very good for your health either no, it, no, no, it can't have been uh, can't have been good but you can't be bothered walking to the side of the studio to use the spray booth you'll just oh, i'll just do it here it'll be fine yeah 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 it was uh, yeah it was a very different uh, very different environment back then but you know i, I think it's in some ways it was more exciting uh, particularly in the, if you're looking at you were at the in a newspaper you know like I, I experienced in my early days and um but now it's it's a lot tidier space and maybe it's, it's room for another creative different different creative process really yeah because you're not battling with the with the tools you actually just be able to get down and, and think about how to solve a problem you know yeah yeah you don't have to allow for maybe even half an hour at the end of the day to tidy everything up and yeah clean yeah. everything down and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah so again just like a massive time server there yeah yeah definitely but that i mean as i mentioned earlier that puts a pressure on you at the uh, end of the process because it's kind of it's so easy to push you up against press date if you like if that's there or, or, or time when things need to be going to the printers because there's an exhibition coming up or whatever and typically a client will have forgotten that the exhibition is next week when they ring you and say i need a brochure you know or, I need a display, so you're always pushing against the deadline with uh, things like that because it it seems quite quick to do it. You know, yeah. your clients in a client's eyes, it's quite quick to to get a result and get something out, which which it is. But they forget that you're working maybe through half the night to get it done. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, there's that that magic uh, create it now button hasn't appeared yet, has it? From yeah. Adobe or anything yeah. like that. But yeah, I know you mean there is that perception of that. Yeah. And then it's just just a few clicks, and you 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 got it. You know, it's a five minute job, but it isn't. You know, it, it, if it looks like it's been an easy job to do, you probably solved it very well. But it's taken you a long time, and a lot a lot of years' experience to get to be able to do that. You know, that's that's the thing. You know, and, um, I think people forget that. And a, a lot of clients have sat with me and thought, "Oh, I didn't know was this involved." You know, getting getting this done. Um, and you spend spend a day or a half a day with a client in the in in the studio, and they go through all the processes, and then they they're learning that it's not as easy as you actually think. You know, it's not as quick as you think it is. Yeah, but it looks a lot more behind the scenes than yeah, than what yeah. people realise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe in some Listen. way we kind of kind of want that traditional uh, big machinery and all that sort of stuff to maybe make people realise that. Yeah, that's, that was kind of that's kind of the effort that was used in the past, and that sort of effort is still used now, but in just a different way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and they they appreciate it in a in a way that it, things wouldn't be turned around so quickly. Yeah, you, know, you knew that if they're making a copy change. You had to get some typesetting done, and you need to go and get that sorted, mark that up, then paste it down again. You, you certainly not get it that day. You get it day next day if you're lucky. You know. Yeah. Um, so people were a bit maybe a bit more careful doing doing amends maybe one of the drawbacks with digital is that people send you copy and then then they forever amending it after it's actually done on the page you know once you've done your first layouts and you keep going through a lot of changes when it should really be done earlier on and give you a cleaner copy you know but the perception is it's easy to change isn't it so <laughs> you know, yeah just that's not a problem just send you this for now and then work with that and then we'll see if we change it later and uh the changes often take longer than the initial layout. So it's, uh, 
you know. Do you find that that initial that initial prototype, that initial layout, is you deliver the hell of a lot quicker though? Do you know what I mean? You can go from an idea to something that looks half polished in yeah. a fraction of the time now. So you, so yeah. you can give the client yeah. more choices and more more freedom to say yes or no at that very early stage. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it's easier to give options, you know, because you can, if, if you've got the basics down, you can sort of change things, change colors, or maybe change the format a little bit or whatever, and see how things things look differently. And then, you know, so it's much easier in that respect, you know, you can give give clients more options. Do you, think do you think there's too much option with digital? So, I mean, I look at, I look at my Photoshop mm -hmm. file and my list of fonts is endless. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can go into Google fonts and you can download even more yeah. and you can, yeah, you pay for some premium ones, and so it becomes. Yeah. Well, funny that you mentioned fonts because I spend quite a lot of time with that sometimes on on projects where I wanting to, um, kind of give a visual language through the font, and it's like finding that one that says exactly what I want. Can it can be hours scrolling yeah. through different fonts, trying them out. How does that look? How do the headings look in that font? Copy the rest of the copy and another another font and so on and so on. how do they pair up how do they look on different backgrounds and you can spend you can spend ages looking at that and sometimes probably isn't appreciated by the client again in, the, in that you, you've done that because it looks good when you present it but you could give the client different options in fonts as well and, and they can pick you know but you're treading on dangerous ground if you give the client too many options as well you know, yeah <laughs> Be, I have clients suggested fonts to me that have been absolutely awful before now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, we're not using that. Why not? I love it. No, it just doesn't work. <laughs> you know, take my word for it. That's not going to work. Yeah, so, but that's where your user experience sort of kick in, isn't it? At that point, and you can you can be you can be sure in your uh, in your decision making on something. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you well, yeah, you have to sometimes, don't you? Sort of be be a bit firm on that one. But uh, not too often, but yeah, sometimes. If you look at the way that, that mediums are, uh, are used at the moment, there is still a hell of a lot of traditional mediums used. You know, you look outside, you know, you can see people reading magazines, books, yep. billboards, flyers, yep. posters, and everything like that. Yeah. But a lot of businesses, I think, rely heavily on Google Ads, Instagram Ads, LinkedIn Ads, and things like that. TV adverts. So, if you do you think that maybe um, traditional uh, traditional marketing, traditional artwork, physical artwork is really undervalued at the moment? That's that's my kind of that's my kind of feeling. Yeah, I, th I think it. I think it is actually to a degree. I think it's coming back a little bit. Understanding that you you need to have a good mix. Um, I worked with a client who thought that digital was the was the solution, and they. Uh, they sort of got it wrong because their their client base wasn't using digital as much. So they, you, if your if your clients aren't tapping into the digital, you know, like like I mentioned, Facebook and so on, so they don't see your ad, then it's a complete waste of time. So you've got to know what your clients are doing uh, and how they operate. How do they want to be contacted? How how do they see you? So if you if you're in a locality and you need you know people to come to your shop or whatever or whatever. And, an outlet you need to be out there in the in the local community and i think print in its various forms billboards as i say um banners outside you know 
all the different options there are on that and and flyers um is a, is a really strong tool still you know and I, I think it's is well worth it but you've got to mix it i think that because what you can do differently now is is the fact you don't have to tell the whole story in print but you can direct people through to your website or to whatever you've got up there um, from the printed material so you can include codes and you can include your urls obviously and you, you know um, so is is you using it? You're informing people in a different way. So um, you don't have to put all your products up on the flyer and mention everything and the price, the current prices. But you can you can entice people to go on your website to find all the products and all the prices. And your yeah, website. I, I was thinking about the other day purely because I think if you, if you look at how many emails or LinkedIn messages you get on, say, like web designers. You know, I mean, I must get you know. 10 20 a week of web designers yeah. saying you know this is what we do but <clears throat> i can't remember the, the the last time i actually received anything through, through the post whether it be a flyer yeah. or a postcard or a little brochure yeah. or anything like that just yeah. to say you know i'm here check me out yeah and i think it, i think if you receive something printed nicely now that engages you in in looking at it i think it actually makes you sit up and take note of it and also the the thing i like about print is that you you keep it kicking around your office for a bit. So it's not necessarily straight in the bin, certainly if it's designed in the right way and it's, it's of interest to you. Um, whilst in the, in the digital world, I have that sort of sense that you look at something and then you click off it very quickly and then it's, it's kind of gone off your desk then. Yeah. Um, whilst a, a printed piece of information can be pinned on the wall or it can be just... Yeah, I know you mean. I've been to furniture exhibitions and design expos and things like that, and you just pick up random things. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Just look well designed and well printed, nicely thought yeah. about. It might only yeah. be a piece of A4 paper, but the way it's folded and the way the way you open it up and you read the content is just something that you, can, yeah. you can't get with digital. I don't think to an extent. You can have brilliant yeah. digital experiences. Don't get me wrong, but I think you can have digital. Uh, sorry, you can have brilliant. Um, offline experience as well through you, you oh definitely it. yeah yeah no definitely I think I think they have to work in pairs you know they can't sort of say I'm just going to do this and completely convert back to doing doing print marketing again you know that, that probably wouldn't work in today's world we have to no. understand that but I think I think the way um, as you say if you go to exhibitions you know you're picking up stuff um, because it's there and you oh that looks attractive even if I, I do that even if they the actual content isn't relevant to what I want to do, but it's interesting the way it's been put together or the colors or the material is printed on or whatever. Yeah. And, it, and it's, and sometimes, you know, particularly catalogs and things, I'd happily pick them up and just to flick through them and, and feel and see what, what's there. It feels um, a bit more exclusive as well, doesn't it? If you, if you, yeah, them things, you know, they're not going to be around forever and yeah, they could easily yeah. disappear. But saying that Argos, was it Argos last year? They announced that they're, Cancelling their catalogs out there, print catalogs, yeah. and going purely yeah. digital. Yeah, yeah, they are. So, and in that case, presumably they have to do something else to tickle people's interests without going on on a website. I, I don't know what their marketing strategy will be, but you know, you think they have to have something else that will actually. I can see why they don't print a catalog because it's expensive. Yeah, need to do, but there must be something else though. To step in in that in in that space to sort of get people interested and entice them onto the website. 
it'll be interesting to see whether anybody else picks up the uh, picks up that gap in the market because you always you always imagine when you were when you were a kid and you get the Argos catalog just before Christmas, you'd spend yeah. hours flicking through yeah, the, yeah. the toy section, yeah. ticking it off, cutting it out, yeah. sticking it on your on your Christmas list. I know my kids yeah, still yeah. doing that now, but do you know what I mean that, that, what, that what experience of that as well? Yeah, what do you kids equivalent now? They've gone equivalent now. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm just wondering whether anybody will sort of pick up that that gap there and yeah. perhaps run with something really clever in that respect. You know, whether yeah. Smiths or some that will produce. Uh, a catalogue that's designed to be cut out and stuck on people's Christmas yeah, lists. Yeah, quite. Yeah, no, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? And that's why I wonder if, if like Argus will do something similar, like they want to send something out, yeah. like a direct mail before Christmas and say, well, this is a sample or we can, what we have, but go to our website, you know, that kind of thing. Um, don't know. I mean, I certainly would consider that if I were them because it, otherwise you can lose out. Uh, I would have thought a market there that otherwise they've been, you know, superior in any way well they were in the past weren't they but um you know it's, it's they're going through sainsbury's now aren't they anyway so it's a different yeah they've, they've got quite a big shift in what what they actually do and how they do it haven't they? but yeah but essentially yeah. just i think that that car brochure that car catalog has just just gone i think i think that's a big 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 gap there yeah yeah the, the catalog work certainly uh, certainly disappeared but i think you know um there's one one client I, I approached and, and they wanted to kind of get my idea of what, how I should, how I felt like they should market themselves. And I, I felt that the, the, a printed brochure, a really good quality brochure was something. I mean, they, they, they organized massive events, you know, they kind of build the stages and then interact with the, the, whole, the whole shebang, you know, involved in the Olympics and what have you. Uh, <clears throat> but I was interested in, you know, a nice, nice printed annual almost about their projects and telling the story behind behind the scenes and how they came about to do the concept and everything and so, and so he said well we actually do do one and it was a fairly basic magazine that just showed the pictures of the final thing and it didn't actually yep. give give the you know the story behind it how they solved the problem and how they because i thought that could be a really nice thing to package it well and send that to potential clients you know that would be a printed thing and it would sit around the office and they could flick through and say look these people have sold that in that way that, that looks great i want to engage with those people and then they could go on their website and see the videos or how it how it then was constructed and and all that sort of thing so and how the final thing looked you know but it's you know they create experiences and i say well you need to talk about the experience you know in the, in that sense rather than about the technical side of how you put bolted it all together, and that could have been so nicely told in a in a in a really nice annual magazine, you know. But they were they didn't they didn't buy into that, so <laughs> it didn't come up. But, you know, but it's, uh, inter it's an interesting concept, though, isn't it, to be able to to have more free reign almost with the, the with the printed media because you know that the core information is on the website or on mm. YouTube videos mm. or something like that. So you're your initial hook with the, with the with the brochure or flyer or anything like that doesn't have to be in detail. It's just about getting grabbing that attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's that's exactly it. I think that's that that's what's different, isn't it? You, you can use it as the hook and to get people to come onto your website and then engage with you on social media. You know, because that's obviously that is the way a lot of people do engage with with companies, but. 
I always have a slight problem with the conversion rate on social media. Where there's a lot of clicks, a lot of interest, but actually, no, the conversion isn't as great as maybe it, it's sold to clients by social media companies. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm lost in, in that sense. It seems just like black magic sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. How, yeah. If, if people can get the results, fair enough. Do you know what I mean? But it's... Yeah. There's, a, there's so many variables and so many different ways of getting people's attention that it can almost become like trying to shout in a crowded room, can't it? So, yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. And I think, that, I think that, you know, <clears throat> because I've been doing a little bit of market research and, and taught market research uh, to marketing students at the university. Um, I think that's a, that's a really powerful tool. If you, if, if you find out your customers' behaviors and identify that, then you know exactly which medium you, you should be using so that you know that, okay, then they, a pro, proportion of them will just look at print and a proportion of them will engage on, on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is. Um, and then you can target properly. But if you just think that oh, I'm going to just put everything on, on social media and that, that will work somehow. Yeah. It's not, necessarily the solution you're looking for it could be com you could, could be completely missing your customers if you're not careful so you've got to do the do your background work and then see how is it going to work for us you know how are we best going to engage with our customers and set out where are all the touch points between your product or your service and and the potential customers and then you can then you can build a strategy around that but if you just jump in and think well we can do our own posts can't we you can save money on that but if <laughs> If you go, if, as a company, you're going to be doing that all the time. Um, you soon run out of speed. And I've seen several examples of that. You know, they're just very enthusiastic for the first week and then they find that actually we're too busy to be doing this all the time. So then, you know, they, it falls apart and then, then you've lost everything then really. You know, yeah, having, having, the right, having the right strategy in place yeah. digitally and non-digitally is keys yeah things. absolutely yeah yeah and i think getting that mix is is really crucial these days you know it's not just one or the other you've got to get the mix and you've got to know know what that mix is should be you yeah. know so it's, yeah so i mean do you think that um we i think we kind of both agree then really that it's you can't really ditch analog and you can't really ditch digital in this day and age kind of things have got to be blended together yeah how which way you, you you balance it out is kind of you know up to up to yourselves and however you want to do it but do you think there are any sort of traditional practices or techniques that are maybe overlooked at the moment and generally that could be maybe utilized more in people's marketing and their businesses um I i'm not sure it's overlooked but i just think it's is the way it's uh, isn't utilized in in a sense by certain companies that probably would benefit more from a local more visual presence in the community if you like um billboards posters uh not flyers are a bit of a bit of a hit and miss thing you know it has a bit like well we just send them out and hope for the best kind of thing it's got to be targeted whatever you do yeah um uh, but i think there's you know there were i saw something not so long ago that direct mail responses on printed medias increased because people actually pay attention to it now mm -hmm. whilst, whilst they they lost it you know you were flooded with it before so therefore yeah. it is straight in the bin when it comes into your house you know because you're not uh, just all that garbage 
Uh, whilst now there isn't so much of it, you actually pay more attention to what comes through the door and lands on your doormat. So, so in in a, in a sense, direct mail is is a better thing to use now than it was years ago, and that was was the only way to do it. You know, um, so maybe that you know maybe that that's ignored a little bit in in terms of the marketing mix because it had a had a bad reputation for having like you know just a two two percent return or whatever. You know, it was, it was really yeah. poor. But now apparently it's, it's shot off to you know like seventeen percent return or something. Somebody had measured. I don't know. But do you think I can't that's? I remember where I saw it now. But it would... do you think that's kind of a flip? Because I know I know what you mean. You, with traditional print, you'd get inundated with flyers and junk mail, and you say it would just go straight in the bin, and you wouldn't even look at it. But in a sense, I think people are like that now with adverts on Facebook and Instagram. Do you know I mean, you just scroll straight past them without even giving them a second glance. You see, as soon as you see the word promotion or something, that, and you know, it flags it, in your, it flags it straight away that it's a paid promotion. You just zoom straight past it. Yeah, in, uh, absolutely, it does that. I think it's the same same psychology, really. That's uh, you know, you bombard it with things, so you ignore it all. Um, I mean, the, the thing about it, I suppose Google is the fact that you know you can you can target your search and then then you get the advertising that is kind of targeted to your previous searches and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. you know it, it it gets very very you can easily drown be drowned out by by things you know because you you know that you've looked at holiday cottages and then you find that next time you're on Google you find that so all the ads down the side are holiday cottages you know yeah there's there's nothing worse is there if you've been working on a job for a client you've been looking at something completely obscure. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what I mean speedboats or something like that? Yeah, yeah. You, you're never gonna buy one. We're in the middle of Huddersfield. Do you know what I mean? No, no it's not really. No, the narrow canal in Huddersfield. It's not ideal for that. <laughs> you're inundated with speedboat adverts for the next six months. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So no, you're right. I mean, that is this probably the same thing, and that that's the you know the differentiating yourself from from the crowd. That's that's probably. A bigger challenge now than than has ever been in a way because you you've got so much now you've got so many people you know digitally and and not knocking on your door and wanting to sell their stuff that you um, that you really got to got to differentiate yourself in some way and that that's that's a real challenge you know for branding people and and marketing professionals to to do that and how do how do you separate yourself from from the rest of everyone else who's keenly wanting your business so so then yeah so to kind of finish up there then i mean what would be like your tip then for using your traditional background and your traditional skill set to to help yourself sort of differentiate if you are a, a business owner how would you use them traditional skills well i i, I mean i i would just obviously depending on on the client and i would to be able to use those traditional skills or that that the print medium, I would have to would have to say that it has to be um, the right customer for that to fit, and it has to be some somebody who's, uh, um, for example, something like a hotel. Let's say that uh, they could have a nice brochure in in the in the rooms telling the story of the area. Maybe some examples of walks and stuff that you you can do around that that um, that particular destination, and make that an interesting book that can be taken away and 
with the quality of the paper and the quality of the print and the quality of the photography and the writing and everything else, you can reflect very well on that brand and that destination to say, this is a quality product, this is a quality place to be. Um, and I think in that sense, you know, it, it brings it, brings the brand some quality and gives it some stability. Um, and, and other products as well, obviously, if there's a, a manufacturer who produces some fabulous stuff, uh, there's nothing to say that a nicely printed brochure or a printed brochure to go with, I mean, now, you know, I mean, we used to get nice brochures when you picked up a brand new car. And, yeah. you know, in the past used to do brochures and, and so on for BMW or whatever. And, and they, you know, the quality was fantastic and it showed all the interior and the stitching and the leather and all that kind of thing. And it just gave it a bit of the brand, a bit of something. Um, now they don't print them anymore, you know, which is a shame, you know, I mean, people like Rolls Royce and so on, they'll probably give you a nice, nice little leather bound book with you <laughs> or they should do i think yep. you know that yep. just to just to give you that that kind of something a bit special and i think that that's maybe where it where it comes in in, in that sense you know it's, it's something a little bit special sometimes and i think uh, if it's if it's nicely produced publication uh it's, it's really good and i think oh then another thing where 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 the printed media is, is very good is, is even though I say because of my background in magazines and publications in that sense, but um, is the fact that you can have you can have that landing on your on your desk every month if you are part of a community, a scientist or an architect or whatever, and that magazine lands and it tells you a lot of information that you can flick through, and I think the quality of that information is fantastic compared to the digital you know i think that's is just a, a pickup thing that i think is is really good um so it's a different different way of communicating you know um but i think nicely produced brochures and so on they, they're always going to reflect well on a on a brand and it's you know i think it's it just is something that you can have around and yeah it, I, to I totally agree with you i think uh, a lot of people miss out on that and mm -hmm. And I think the fact that, you know, you, it's, it's longer lasting. The printed word and the printed brochure will always be longer lasting than a, than a quick look on a, on a screen. You know, I think that's, it's so easy on a screen to flick onto something else. I think, that, I don't know, maybe it's just my own way of interacting with it, but it, you don't, you don't stare at it, well, maybe stare at it all day when you're working <laughs> on the But, you know, you, you, I'd rather sit and, and, flick through a magazine or a brochure then and read what's on that page than reading it on screen. Yeah. You, you know, so yeah. yeah. I totally agree with you. I totally agree yeah. with you there. So yeah, cool. I think we'll wrap it up there, Vince. Okay. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been great to have a, a chat with you today. And um, if anybody listening wants to know more about Vince, I will put these website for Road Creative in the in the show notes for this as well as your social media accounts so yeah it's been great talking to Vince you too thank you very much Dean for inviting me on so until next time on the good business is the best art podcast keep creative take care everybody <laughs> <laughs>